Welcome, friends of the universe. We are Soul Women. We are three 20-something-year-old women working towards growing and learning in our spirituality and life practices daily. We have come together to talk all things adulting, learning more deeply about our own souls as well as others, and to give healthy insight on how to live a life of wellness. We work together to have relatable conversations and hope to help promote a lifestyle of inner peace while also maintaining our unique life perspectives and advice. So let's get started. Oh, you know what it Welcome is. Welcome back. It's time for it's another time episode. Time to the soul. What am I singing? Time to get, I don't know, but it's time to get definitely down. beautiful and it's definitely time to get soulful. <laughs> time to get all up in your soul. <laughs> um, we don't want to so get all up in your business. No, no, we don't care about your business. Wait, can I say that? I want to say that. We don't want yes. to get all up in yes. your business. We want to get all up in your soul. Yes. Gosh, that's beautiful. <laughs> so clever. As promised, we are here to talk about uh, how we are feeling after seven days of soul with Jade Electra. And... All I know is when Callie said the words, I just woke up different, I understand how that feels. And I've been through that a few times in my journey working on my soul, but this one for sure felt significant in a way that just really, really could feel a big difference. So it's crazy what seven days can do, people. I'm really happy that you had that experience too, because I knew when I told my friends about it and I didn't really go in depth. I was kind of like, okay, guys, like this changed my life and allowed me to reach a different level. If you feel called to do it, you should do it. I was never like, oh my God, why haven't you signed up yet? You guys, this is amazing. This is life changing. Cause I feel like if you say that to people, you tend to scare people off or they choose not to because they're intimidated by something like that. Or there's there's something that's coming from a fear place, but I'm really happy that you had that experience, Andy. And I know um, our other friends who were in it had had very similar experiences too, all in their own time. And, you know, they ha- all have their own personal meanings attached to their experiences, which is the best part about it. But I would love to hear what you got out of this one being your first seven days to soul because it was my second. Yeah. Um, well, I was one of the skeptical people, like I said, in one of our previous episodes, not because I think it was going to be helpful for me and not because I didn't think that I could do it or anything like that. But sometimes when you are on a spiritual journey and you feel like you put in work every single day, you get to a point where you kind of feel like, well, I don't need to do that. And it's, I it's, know what that feels that's like. when you need to do it. Yeah. Like if you feel like, oh, I'm good. Like, I don't need that. Like you probably need it the most. So I checked myself and decided to do it. And I'm really glad I did because I did need it. And there was a lot of useful tools that I gained as well as a lot of validation in what I've already been doing. So I guess the biggest thing that I took out of the experience was I just 
feel as if it helped open my heart a little bit more. And I just feel a little bit lighter than I did before as far as even when it comes to just taking life so seriously, I don't feel like I'm taking my life so seriously like I've done in the past for so many years and just allowing myself to have those little cracks and flaws and dark sides and, you know, dark moments and actually feeling like I'm falling in love with those moments instead of trying to correct them all the time. Yeah. I think one of the biggest parts for me on that same note was it's falling in love with your darkness. And you saying that reminded me of, I, I journaled about that a couple of days ago and I was like, that's so appropriately put because so many people try to run away. And we talked about that in, in a prior episode too, where we try to run away from the hard feelings or the darkness or say like, that's not me. Like I don't identify with that, but embracing those parts and learning how to, how to cope and how to deal with those things, how to love them, how to, how to mold the, the yin and the yang together and live at peace with those because those will always be a part of us. No matter how many people that you meet who are far along on their spiritual journey, all of those people have the darkness too. They've just lived with it for longer and became friends with it. The darkness is what makes us unique and it's what gives us our edge and it's what separates us from being just like everyone else. And we want, yes, we want to spend our time living in light, but also that dark part of us is how we recognize the light. It's how we become grateful for the light. It's how we feel like we can grow into the light because if we didn't have both, I mean, I feel like it, we'd be so boring as humans if we were all just like, ha, huh, life is good all the time. Everything's perfect. Like, well, I just would not be attracted to that kind of life. Like, I find mm -hmm. myself being attracted to those dark parts of people and to the flaws in people. And even like with Callie and Mar, it's like when they have moments where they're struggling or they're in darkness, I, I like love them more. I, I fall in love with them more because I'm like, they become more relatable or in, and I think that that's exactly why we wanted to start going deeper into this, into these types of conversations, because we want you to see how we all do live in darkness as well. And I think that that just makes us more human, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And that goes along with the Enneagram test that we were taking and we chatted briefly about that in the last episode too, but the Enneagram, it basically shows a, a light on your shadows and says like, this is what your personality usually deals with in terms of dealing with emotions, dealing with fear, how you act when you're under stress and when you're angry and what traits you, you take on in those moments. And I think a lot of people who are in seven days to soul were surprised by that because when you do figure out what, what general type that you fall into, it almost feels like somebody's reading your diary. And, and for me, when I was reading about, about mine and then digging into my own journey, it kind of unveiled this, this reality that I'm not the person who usually admits when I'm in darkness. I'm usually a person who tries to overly choose positivity because I know it's a choice and 
it's easier to choose positivity after you've acknowledged your darkness rather than to try to force positivity. And I think for a long time, I tried to use positivity as a coping mechanism through all of those times. So I think that's, that's an interesting takeaway from it as well. Well, and it's interesting to think about why, why we are the way that we are. And I think this retreat really shed light on whose version of perfection are you striving for, Andy? And I think for a really long time, I was striving for someone else's version of it. What other people wanted to see from me, what other, what I thought other people would be happier if I did. And I think when you start really like thinking about what you want, you almost start going easier on yourself a little bit because you're like, well, I don't really care if I look like this all the time or act like this all the time. What matters to me is how I feel. And if I feel good Mm -hmm. in this moment and I feel good about what I'm doing in my choices, then why does it matter if someone else cares or is happy with my choices? And so another thing that I kind of journaled about or took away from this experience was actually looking at myself in the mirror completely differently. And I would like to touch a little bit deeper on the eye gazing experience that we had, Callie, and maybe you can talk a little bit about what that had done for you. Cause I know you did it before in the first challenge as well. Yeah. So my experience with the eye gazing or soul gazing as Jade had called it, um, basically for people who don't really do that on a daily basis or even have ever had an experience like that. Um, basically we were called to go and sit in front of a mirror and be an inch away from our own face. And you look at yourself dead, dead straight in the eyes. And she walks you through this kind of guided meditation and it takes you down different routes. Um, you know, different conversations that you have with your parents, with your younger selves and with who you are now. And I was just bawling in tears the whole time because it's unleashing so much. And it is, it, it's crazy because it feels like a high of some sort because the release is so huge when you actually let yourself open to that vulnerability and being in that space is it's, it's a lot to ask of somebody, but it's your choice. If you choose to let yourself go into that space, no one is forcing you to be there. And I think that's something that I took into my daily life and I would do it kind of semi here and there before where I did like my affirmations in the mirror and looked myself in the eye and, you know, repeated these things and not all the same every day either, because I feel like that just, for me, it feels redundant and it doesn't feel as meaningful. It's like, what do I need to hear today? Like if my body and my soul is another person who is, who's feeling tense, like what does she need to hear today? And I realized in that moment that I don't ask myself on a daily basis, what does she need? And, and actually taking the time to, to fully give that to her too. And I think for me thinking about myself as almost a separate person, it brings out that caring mentality in me where I like, I want to be there for people who are hurting. I want to be there for myself when I'm hurting. And so for, for that, that experience gave me a lot of closure from people and experiences that had hurt me in the past, ideologies that I had, you know, and, and boundaries that I had given myself from such a young age because of something that somebody said. Um, 
And I had written about that uh, in the last couple of days where I was like, where is this idea stemming from? Like whenever I have something that comes up, like say I'm teaching, I'm teaching yoga for this retreat that's online that starts on Thursday and it's an 11 day retreat and I'm teaching yoga for it. And there's that small part in the back of my head that says like, what if you're not capable? Like, what if you're not prepared? What if they don't, what if somebody says something really negative about it or doesn't really resonate with your style of teaching? And I realized that a lot of the feelings that I was having was from experiences when I was a kid of somebody calling me out every time I did something wrong and putting a, a spotlight on it and making fun of me for it. And, and that happened throughout my life. And I always felt like everything I did that was wrong, that somebody else had deemed wrong was always shine under a spotlight instead of just letting it go because that's human. Everyone makes mistakes, but it was so ingrained in me that, you know, I, I couldn't do anything right. Um, that I would take that into areas of my adult life. So there was an exercise that accompanied the eye gazing too, where we had to write about the things. I don't exactly know how it was phrased either. Andy, if you can pop in and you remember how it was phrased. I think it was the thing, something that would deem you unlovable to others that you, that you view yourself as unlovable. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Um, so on the one side, you, you write down everything that you think deems you unlovable and all like the secrets, the things that you might not even have told somebody, your deepest, darkest fears. And then on the flip side of that page, you rebuttal every single argument that you have. And that was powerful for me because I realized every sort of fear in my mind that I wasn't enough always came from somebody else. So it really pinpoints the fact that we take on other people's beliefs and we start to identify with that and in our character, but it's our job to take that power back. So that's what this retreat really helped me with. And, you know, going back to eye gazing, I would love to hear your experience with that too. And because I know it was a relief or a release for a lot of people. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm really, really happy that you experienced that because there's a lot of, past trauma that we all have been through and a lot of pain that we've all been caused. And sometimes it's hard to figure out how to unleash that pain and how to dive deep enough to get that out of our systems. And this eye gazing or soul gazing experience was actually surprisingly like a fast track way of getting some of that pain out. Not that there's really a fast track way to heal, but I had done some mirror work before for body love and loving myself a little bit deeper physically. Um, but this experience was totally different because I wasn't looking at anything on my body. We're just looking right into our own eyes. And I started crying almost immediately just because when I looked into my eyes, I could see the pain from behind all the years of you know, my past and the traumas that I had been through, I could see it almost immediately. And it just immediately made me emotional because you don't really get to look yourself in the eye all the time unless you sit and choose to do it. And it was more of a, I started to see what maybe other people were seeing in a positive light. 
which is a really good thing. Cause I think we're all really hard on ourselves and we don't, we, we just don't see ourselves how other people see us. And so, yeah, I think a lot of the healing for me was stuff I've been working on for a lot of years, just with stuff from my childhood. But ultimately I was able to let go of some of the pain that I had. I think one of the coolest parts of the experience for me was when I was able to have a level of forgiveness for people in my past that had hurt me and I didn't feel anger or pain come up like I had before. And it was more of, I almost felt sorry for the people who had hurt me because I know they wouldn't have hurt me if they weren't hurting. So there was more of an acceptance and a more, it was, it was, I get goosebumps thinking about it because it felt like for the first time I was able to really love the people who have hurt me the most. And I think that's the only way to fix that pain and to heal is by healing it with love and acceptance and forgiveness. And we talked about that in our last episode. And so that was a big moment for me because we were asked to bring up somebody in the mirror who's hurt us really deeply and allow any of those feelings and emotions to come to the surface. And like I said, there wasn't anger there and there wasn't even really pain there. It was just, Mm -hmm. I want that person in particular to heal so that they can stop hurting others. And ultimately I was able to thank both my parents and thank my childhood self for getting me through some of the toughest moments of my life growing up and allowing me to just become the person that I am now because I was such, such an anxious child and I was always in a lot of pain and I was always in kind of in a place of suffering from a pretty young age through all of my teen years. And yeah, so I think it just shed a lot of light on how far I've come also was allowed me to heal some past wounds. And I just feel lighter now. I feel like I really can actually put some of those things in my past and not have them trigger me because they've been triggers. And I think that's a really amazing thing. And I've been working hard on that for a long time with like hypnotherapy and some other things as well. So it wasn't just these seven days or just that one eye gazing experience. I don't want to mislead, but it was one of many things I've been doing to try to heal those traumas. And I think it really just capped off all the work I had been putting in. So it was definitely a really beautiful experience for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with you on on being able to thank your parents too. It made me realize that, you know, we we don't thank those people enough for for doing their best and doing what they knew how and what they were taught and and loving as deeply as as they were able to during that time. Like we were lucky to have that love. And I think sometimes people get caught up in you know, like this happened to me and like I attribute this one experience and and now that anger carries over. But when do we get to go back and reclaim that power? And like you said, when we were coming face to face in the mirror with somebody who has hurt us and in a way I, I pictured their face and she was like, "Let I can't remember if this was in those last eye gazing or the one before that I did with her, but she was like, allow their face to become yours, like allow their eyes to become yours and 
imagine that you are face to face with them. And what would you say? What would you, what would you thank them for? Because it is so often that we don't remind ourselves what the trauma can bring us to. For me, I view it as a gateway into another realm of healing You know, I'm not going to take back any negative experience that's happened in my life because it's brought me closer to this realization of who I am and what I deserve. So without those experiences, we wouldn't be the people that we are now. So what's the point of holding a grudge and being the elephant who never forgives? I found a lot of power in that experience because, you know, you do get to say thank you. Thank you for hurting me because I am a lot stronger now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really empowering feeling to let go of anger. And it's a really empowering feeling to see the person that's hurt you, even if it's just in a visual and not feel shaken up or a physical reaction to them. And you're just sort of indifferent. Like you don't have to all of a sudden be their best friend again. You don't have to, you know, ask them to hang out, but you can just be unaffected by them. And that's the ultimate is I'm unaffected by you, but I wish you the best. I want you to have love so that you can be healthy, but you no longer affect me. Mm -hmm. It's a really powerful place to get to. And we've talked about this many times before. When you feel anger for somebody or you are holding a grudge It's just hurting you. It's not hurting anyone but you to do that. And so (laughs) I've been working really hard to let go of the anger I had or the triggers I had from people who've hurt me because I don't want them to have that grip on me that we've talked about. Like, get your hands off me. I want to be free (laughs) from you. So I'm going to forgive you. Mm-hmm. I think something that we can remind ourselves of in those moments as we go forward to whether we sit ourselves in front of the mirror and have intense eye gazing on a daily basis or not. <laughs> I feel like something that has really helped me personally is if somebody says something to me or they act out in a way where I'm like, like, dude, what the hell? And reminding myself that it's not about me they're in pain or it's their, it's their insecurity that's showing through and they're projecting it onto me. That goes for anybody in any of your lives where it's not your fault and you could have done nothing, but you were just there at the wrong time in the wrong place. So if someone is hurting you, it's, it's hard to do, but if you can tell yourself, this isn't about me, this is about them. And I actually, had that written down as a part of one of the benefits I got from this experience is that I was able to open my heart up more to understand others and where they're at in their journey and know that everyone's in a different place and on a different path and on their own journey completely. And so if someone is doing something that hurts you, or if they're doing something that you would never do, or even like going through some of these classes, you know, these people are commenting through the lives the whole time. And I'm thinking in my head, why are they commenting when they should be doing the exercise? But then in that moment, I'm like, well, you know what? This is their journey. This is their experience. Maybe it helps them to speak out the minute that they're feeling it into their phone so that they can get that off their chest so they can focus more deeply. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just on a completely different journey. And 
that's the best part about life in a sense, but it's also one of the hardest parts about life because you're not always going to see eye to eye with people. But this experience really helped me humble, humble myself a bit and just be more understanding. Like not everyone thinks how I think and not everyone's going to be on the same page as me all the time. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I want to say something about, um, we, we took a class um, and it was all about body love and getting in touch with your sensuality and your inner feminine. And it was, it was so beautiful. And during that whole experience, I realized many things, but one thing that kind of surfaced for me, especially was that like, I don't give myself enough time just to myself to get in touch with my sensuality. Like I'm very in touch with myself when I'm journaling, when I'm doing yoga, but when it comes to just fiercely, fiercely standing in my truth and loving myself as I am, you know, not, not flexing any muscles, not, not wearing any leggings that, that, that hold anything in, but just looking at my body in the mirror and appreciating her was huge for me. And I remember crying during that eye gazing experience because we had a second one in this week and I couldn't recommend those experiences enough to people where you just stand in the mirror and for two minutes, this was the exercise for two minutes, only say positive things about your body. Like, where can you tell yourself that you love What parts of your body do you love the most? You can turn around, you can do whatever you want. And I remember turning and I would feel a negative thing come into my head. And automatically I was like, okay, how can we replace you with a, with a beautiful thought? or with a beautiful compliment for myself. I think the thing that we need to remember as women and men is that getting in touch with our sensual energy and that strong feminine part of ourselves is such an integral part of our healing journey. A lot of people think that healing only happens in your mind, but I think you have to you have to incorporate a body love practice into your normal routine or into your daily healing practice. And now I wanted to, um, I know Andy and I both have excerpts from our journals about how seven days of soul affected us after like post challenge, uh, within the first few days and just reflecting on that. So in lieu of our last journal episode that we did, we're going to read you another excerpt from our journals. So Andy, do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah, I will. I just actually wrote this yesterday. Um, I've been journaling every day since the challenge, but yesterday I actually sort of, after a couple of days without the challenge, I kind of realized I was still in sort of a routine like I was during the challenge. And so I, I wrote, it's been a beautifully productive morning. I usually clean my kitchen and organize my apartment every morning to wake up my mind. I like to start the day with a clean and fresh organized space. I open the windows and allow my space to be cleansed by the pure air coming from Mama Superior. I'm so grateful to live near her. I want to go visit her, and I will most likely go do that today. I'm content with my routine. I like feeling content. I feel as if it benefits all of my houses, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I feel as if seven days of soul combined with all of this time off has opened my heart a bit. Even if it's just a crack, at least the door is no longer padlocked. I feel confident in myself in ways I haven't in a long time, or maybe ever. 
I trust myself in ways I didn't before. I feel inspired, but not in a way that puts pressure on me like it has in the past. I've felt more secure with simply following whatever makes me feel best. I'm in the flow of my path and on this journey. Though this experience has healed me in so many ways, there are still some wounds that aren't fully healed, but I know that they will. I still well up with tears when I think about certain parts of my past that I can't control. And I don't know what I would do if I could control them. So regardless, the best thing I know to do is to just let go. I'm still dancing at the end of the day, even when the wound feels like it'll never fully close. I know I'll move on and my heart will open. I trust myself to attract future human souls who will honor, respect, and authentically love me. I'm patient and excited to meet them. For now, my goal is to start saying yes to new experiences, to things that will bring me joy and start allowing people to know and love me again. I'm falling in love with myself, how I live, what I stand for, and I see how easy I am to love when I soften. So softer is where I'm headed, vulnerable, soft, and open, but with my white aura activated to make sure I'm still protected. I love that. That's beautiful. I could listen to your journal all day. Honestly, this is the first time in my life that I've ever been a few pages away from finishing a journal. And it's it's crazy to feel that. And just to know how much came from Seven Days to Soul, the two challenges that I have been a part of, it, it, it blows my mind. And the exponential growth that's come along with that. I think it makes sense. Oh, yeah. I know. There's, there's a secret sauce in there. Um, so here's my, my journal that I had. Trust your gifts. Trust that your words are exactly what someone needs to hear right now, even if that, that's one person. Trust yourself and be kind to your sweet angelic heart. It only wants love and affirmation. Seven days of soul this time around, a.k.a. Disruptor, so appropriately named, lifted the veil and uncovered areas of discomfort and negativity that were harbored in my body. I got to unwind those ideas like a ball of yarn, and underneath, I came face to face with my truth. I rediscovered my sensuality and the ways I feel deeply in tune to my own energy. So often in our lives, we are drawn away from our truth, but we always come home sometime. We return to our heart with no judgment, only an ache to live, experience, love, and breathe. This retreat reminded me that I am the vessel and I want to have life work through me, not to me. I fell in love with every movement I made and forgave the people in my past who have harmed me, wrote to release habitual tension and saved myself by discovering the purest form of motivation within my body. I'm meant to be here to speak my truth and to speak even when my voice shakes. This challenge also reminded me of the beauty in connecting with souls who are open, kind, and just as committed to their healing and self-love as I am. What a beauty it is to be here. I'd rather walk through the fire of life every day than settle for easy. I breathe for myself first. I breathe for all of us. Oh, I love that. I love the moments through our writing where our writing connects or we have like similar thought patterns because when I'll like hear what you say, I'll be like, Oh, I wrote about that. Or like, Oh, that Mm -hmm. stream of consciousness came to me too. And I love those moments because it's like, that is exactly what we want in, in healing work. And, and the biggest thing that I know we all want to do is to help be healers, but not so that we can heal you, but so that we can help you heal yourself. And I think ultimately when we work to heal ourselves, 
we all do have that similar stream of consciousness and those same results. And yes, results will vary ultimately, but it's the core of how we heal ourselves is Mm -hmm. what we want to teach you. And hopefully we can do that. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out before we leave, Mar has been here for this whole episode. She's just been muted, but she is here with us and she is going to be joining our next episode. And so for those of you who miss, who miss her beautiful voice, don't worry. <laughs> we will hear her again soon. But thank you for following along on this little mini week-long journey that we've been on. And we have 11 days of a boot camp happening soon that we can talk on a little bit too. But if anyone has questions about the seven days of soul experience, let us know. Cause she is going to be having another one. It'd be awesome. If some of you were to join it, I know I want to do it again. I'm sure Definitely. you'll do it again, Callie. It'll be at the Maybe end Mar of will May. Join us. <laughs> It'll be at the end of May. And just know that every single one that she does is different. There's always different themes. I took away a whole different, completely different experience from In Media's Res, the first one that I did, than I did from this one. And they're both uniquely themselves. So I encourage anyone who's listening to to join and just be open to any change that comes forth. Yeah, you definitely don't have to take the first one or the second one to take the third one. They're not like in order or anything like that. Marge, no, do you want to say hello? I did. Do you want to <laughs> tell? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Grace us. I just want to say goodbye. Via podcast. I'm here. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to come in to support Cal and Andy with their crazy seven day introspection. I don't know if that was the right word, yeah. but. We love you. Yeah, we we told Mara all all about it too, so she got the behind the scenes. But thanks again for being here. We will talk to you. Bye, guys.